Welcome to the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Glazer, MD, a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist here to help you make sense of the complex world of women's mental health. If your goal is to improve your emotional well-being, find fulfillment, and feel like your best self, you're in the right place. Welcome back, my listener friends. I can't believe we're already in season three of this podcast. Thank you so much for making it a success. I would ask that if you've enjoyed this podcast to please share it with a friend so that we can continue spreading valuable information about women's mental health. And if you're new to this podcast, welcome. My goal here is to share valuable and evidence-based information on topics related to women's mental health and to bring you expert opinions in the field. As I promised at the end of the last season, I've been working to record some fascinating interviews with guests that you're going to love this season. I thought we'd start this new season and new year with a focus on self-worth. Before we dive in, I do want to share, for any clinicians listening, that the January session of the online fellowship in reproductive and integrative psychiatry is still enrolling for one more week. You won't want to miss the updated and valuable content that will help you grow professionally and to address your patient's concerns in a holistic and well-rounded way. Now, the reason I chose self-worth as the first episode for this season is that this is a theme that comes up with so many of my patients, and it's one that's top of mind this time of year. It's also one that companies and industries can use to prey on people this time of year. An advertisement that pokes at your sense of self or your lack thereof can try to use that to sell you something as if that something is going to help you feel more worthy. The definition of self-worth is the way that you value you, your view of yourself as a respectable and lovable human being. It's interesting to think about how we value ourselves versus how we value others, because that can help us be kinder to ourselves and build that core of self-worth. Just think about how you approach the worth of a loved one or a friend or colleague And then think about the talk that you give towards yourself in your own mind when you're thinking about the same things, the same behaviors, emotions, actions, when they're coming from someone who you love versus when they're coming from you. Think about also this example. You're the mom of an infant, and we all know that infants don't do much. They're just cute little potatoes. And yet mom believes that child has inherent value just by existing. So we all have inherent value just by the fact that we are here. And yet, as adults, we often feel we need to do something or achieve something to prove our worthiness before we can have value. Now, it can be helpful to distinguish self-worth from self-esteem, though they're similar concepts, and self-confidence. Self-esteem usually refers to the way that we think about ourselves while self-worth can be thought of as a deeper concept, the idea that we have inherent value and are lovable. And self-worth is also different from self-confidence, which can be very domain-specific. For example, I might believe I'm a worthy and valuable human, but not have much self-confidence on the soccer field, as I've never actually played soccer. This idea of self-worth comes up so often with my patients. Let me give you an example and think about whether or not it sounds familiar to you. Let's say you're working on a project for your manager, and they give you some helpful feedback on your work. All of a sudden, you see the feedback not as helpful, 
but as a testament that you're worthless because you didn't think of this in the first place. With that, let's step back. Isn't your manager supposed to help you improve your work? Why do you have an expectation that your work is always going to be perfect? Well, that probably exists in part because there's not enough of a core foundation in self-worth. So you're using professional accomplishment as a proxy for that. And when that is shaken, like with this example of feedback, then your entire sense of self could be shaken. Here's another example, self-worth in relationships. Let's say you're on the dating seat and you go out with a potential partner for a few dates. And then, as is unfortunately all too common, they ghost you. And as an aside, that's a topic for another podcast in terms of how this has become acceptable behavior. But let's say that happens and you decide that means that you are unlovable. If this person didn't love you, how could you be loved? And that can spiral to all kinds of negative thoughts. And I've even seen it spiral into thoughts of self-harm. So what is your self-worth? And why does someone not necessarily have a core sense of self? There can be many reasons, including whether or not that was something that was instilled in you growing up. Whether or not loved ones, caregivers, caretakers, whether they're parents, other family members, teachers, whether or not they demonstrated to you that you are lovable unconditionally rather than conditionally. This concept has actually been studied for many years. One of the most prominent researchers was a psychologist by the name of William James, back around the turn of the 20th century. Incidentally, the name of the building that housed the psychology department where I spent considerable time back in college was William James Hall. So this was a prominent researcher right around the turn of the 20th century. And he wrote about stable versus unstable factors of self-worth and often used the term self-esteem. Unstable factors meaning that self-worth or self-esteem was contingent on something like professional or academic success. And there's even been a scale that's been developed a couple of decades ago that looked at these various elements called the contingencies of self-worth scale. Not surprisingly, the researchers who developed the scale found that when self-worth was more contingent on external factors, there were more negative consequences, psychologically speaking, than when it was contingent on internal factors. And internal factors could be any number of things, including a value system or a spiritual or belief system. So then we get to the ultimate question, how to create this core sense of self-worth? And what if that became your goal for 2024? There are several components, in my opinion, though none more important than any other. One important component is acceptance. This is a non-judgmental, neutral observation of yourself and the world around you. Looking at what is rather than what you think should be. And that's harder than it sounds. In fact, there's entire fields of therapy and psychology on how to practice acceptance. Number two is self-compassion. And I love Kristen Neff's work on this topic. Take a look at some of her readings and workbooks. Kindness and understanding towards yourself. That's self-compassion. And again, I think it's sometimes helpful to look at the compassion that you offer a loved one 
and work towards offering that same compassion to yourself, that kindness and understanding. Number three is self-identity. Who are you? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What are your core values? These are big questions. They can take years or decades of reflection and insight to figure out and to try to answer. And I think they're really important questions to try to answer, whether on your own, with a loved one, or with a professional like a therapist. And number four is unconditional love. We often offer this to others. Let's go back to that very first example of a mother with her infant. She doesn't just love him if he's cute and cooing. And for yourself, this means loving yourself no matter what you accomplish or don't. And that doesn't mean that you don't set goals and work diligently towards them. It means that you're able to separate those goals from your worth and value as a human being. So those four items, again, those four concepts and components are acceptance, which is a non-judgmental, neutral observation of yourself and the world around you, self-compassion, which is kindness and understanding towards yourself, self-identity, who you are and what your core values are, and unconditional love. So this year, let's make it about self-worth. Reflect, journal, meditate on those four elements and the various questions they might bring up for you. See what comes up and have a 2024 full of wellness. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. As you know, my goal is to share with you the most helpful information that moves you towards emotional well-being. If you have suggestions or questions, I'd love to hear those. And I also always appreciate a rating that will help others find this valuable content. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again next week. Please note that while I am a clinical doctor, this podcast is not a substitute for nor should be taken as medical advice. No specific health advice is being given on this podcast and no physician-client relationship is created by you listening to this podcast. All information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only.